Are you working in a distributed primary care team? Are you not always sure how the team is doing? Wouldn't you just love to do another survey? Yeah, me too. Welcome to Team Up, a podcast where we talk about team-based primary care in British Columbia. I'm Sarah, a medical anthropologist and team member in the Innovation Support Unit in the Department of Family Practice at the University of British Columbia. And I'm Morgan, a family doctor and also a team member in the Innovation Support Unit. Okay, so Morgan, this episode is your idea, and I'm a little Mm -hmm. skeptical of pitching a survey tool. The qualitative anthropologist in me is cringing right now. I know, I know. Look, another survey, we're surveyed out. I wasn't really sure about this either, but the value of a pulse check keeps coming up. I think it's worth talking about, so hear me out, Sarah. I can hear Rita reaching for the skip button right now. Yeah, well, don't, don't skip. These are different. Pulse checks are meant to be very quick and action-oriented, done internally within the team uh, with a very short turnaround so you get the sense from one or three questions to action. And you do that together as a team. And it's all about seeing you work better together. So I think with that vein, it's worthwhile doing this. And it's particularly useful, I think, for distributed teams. As a team, when we're stressed out like most of us are right now in primary care, Knowing how you're doing can help a lot. If you know what the stresses are, where they are, you can help address them. So if you are a leader manager of a clinic, then you can start to put some things in action that are direct responses. Gives you a chance to appreciate what's working well too. And then gives you this opportunity to respond as a group and then to work together on working better together, which is what we always talk about. So as a team leader, a pulse check, just like checking vitals when a patient comes in, you can get in the habit of doing this either as a full team or as part of one-on-ones as a quick way of listening and responding. Okay, so I can see that this is important and has some value. And we are actually kind of doing something like this at, at our check-ins in kind of a, mm-hmm. we do have a bi-weekly team meeting and we have a, a how are you doing question with sort of a yes or no answer that we kind of start us off with. I can also really see how something like this might be more important for distributed teams especially if you're trying to work together, but you aren't always together. You're not going to see if people aren't doing well or if things right. are things are changing as easily as you would in a co-located team. Right. Checking the team vitals, doing that pulse check helps you know if things are healthy or not, if they're stable or not, if they're improving or, or worsening. And you see somebody sort of shuffle in late at the clinic and they're not really responding the way that, you know, you, you get that sense that things are not going so well for that person or the reverse, right? Somebody bounces in and, and everything's good. You might not see that in a distributed way if there is no way to check in. And so this gives that opportunity in a distributed team to, to check in and help adapt. Okay. I'm skeptically interested now. So what are some of the features of pulse check surveys? I love the idea of them being a pulse check because they are very much like doing some vitals. So they're quick not a full-blown hour-long survey. They're very fast. Instead of doing them once a year, you're doing them frequently. They're frequent enough and they're action-focused so that you can move some of the suggestions forward. And then only check the things that you need to scan to make sure things are working. You don't do a lot more than that. So you can really focus on specific areas that need support then. That's right. Questions you might ask are going to vary depending on where the team is and which team you're in. Okay, so I'm almost one over, but I still have some like practical questions. I'll, I'll, I'll get you there. Don't worry. How long is a pulse check and what kinds of questions would you see it including? First answer, short. 
think no more than two to five questions. Some uh, larger businesses will have sort of 15 or 20, but I, I think it really should be no more than five. And ideally, if you're doing, doing it really frequently, you could even just ask a simple one question type survey. Pick questions that are action oriented. So it's not something that you're going to say, well, you know, what do you see is going to change in 10 years? But for clinical teams, you want to have some action oriented questions. Like, How's your personal energy? How's the team working together? How do you feel about the care we're delivering, and then have some open-ended types of questions to get some specific feedback as well. And now what about survey fatigue? Oh, I don't believe that survey fatigue exists. <laughs> Just like the ROUS is in Princess Bride? Uh, you mean the, the rodents of unusual size? Okay, so yes, survey fatigue is, is a thing. I feel it. I get a survey in my inbox. It's really hard for me to, to be motivated. It's a little more, a little more motivated when I know the person. But survey fatigue is really felt when I think there's no action follow-up that I can feel tangibly. So if you're really clear with the group that this is something that's happening and you're going to follow up with action, then I think that survey fatigue is much smaller. Totally right. I'm much more likely to fill out a survey if I feel like it has value to me. Now, I've been thinking about sort of how we use these sort of quick check-in questions and and that's in front of a whole group and could lead to some anxiety, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if these kind of pulse checks can be anonymous. Yeah, they, they certainly can be. It might be online, it might be a web-based or on your phone or whatever, then it can be anonymous. In a meeting, it's much harder to be anonymous, but yeah, it can be. And sometimes that's better, right? If they're quick, and especially I think if you're working in a distributed team and maybe meeting in a larger group over Zoom, should something like this be done synchronously, like at the same time? Yeah. So you could totally do like an in-meeting poll. It could just be a show of hands. Uh, we did this for a little while in our clinic. Thumbs down, thumbs halfway, thumbs up. Just as a, how are you doing right now at the beginning for six months of the pandemic? So yeah, you can totally do them synchronously like that. The good thing with that is you're already there. You can kind of do it with a little bit of multitasking. So when you're doing it in a meeting, you're generally going to get a better response, but it does exclude people who are not present or, or can't access the tool if it's a virtual tool. So you have to be aware that that can, can be a bit of a barrier. The advantages of the asynchronous survey, I think conversely, you can be a bit more inclusive, make sure everybody who's not attending or not working that day has access to it and can respond. It does take time, even if it's short. It's like a, it's another action as opposed to a thing I just did in the meeting. And I think that that time is a, is a bit of a barrier. It's a bit of a benefit because you can reflect. So if I had the question, I can sit there and think for a second. And then whoever is getting the answers back, they can reflect before they answer about the responses. So there's a bit of an advantage there, I think. But generally, you're going to get a lower response rate. I think that's something just to be aware of. So when should a team kind of check their pulse? Uh, when they need to. And that should be pretty frequent. Ideally, it's following a bit of a rhythm that you already have. Sarah, you mentioned that the ISU does a bit of a pulse check once every two weeks because that is one of our rhythms. If you're thinking it's, well, you should do this once every six months, that's not quite a pulse check. Month, two months would be sort of the longest that I think would be good. So it's not an annual kind of employee survey and no, no. it's something that's kind of much more frequent. Yeah. What if you don't have team rhythms? I know teams that don't meet much, you know, kind of have to create those rhythms then. Yeah, I mean, if you do have something, a team meeting, a staff meeting that's monthly, start there. If you don't, then maybe this is a way to start something like that. And then you could think about it as a start of the month. Honestly, I wouldn't try to do them monthly if you don't already have a rhythm. I would start smaller. Because I think, I think if you start with something, it's very easy to get 
it to be a big thing. And this isn't the full body MR. This is a pulse check. This is a quick set of vitals. So if you can make it small and say, well, two days before this meeting we're going to have, even if it's not a rhythm, you're going to send out the pulse survey and then you talk about it at the meeting. Then that gives you that quick response. Do you think it's best if it's always the same questions or do you think different questions at different times make more sense? I'm thinking specifically like, so yes, you get a sense of how your team's doing with thumbs up and down or with answers, but what if there's a specific project, uh, like say a team retreat or something that you want to get some feedback on? I'd come back to what's the action going to be. And if you're going to do a retreat, ask the question. Absolutely add it in. And you you could say, okay, there are these two or three questions that are consistent. And then that way you can do a little bit of trending and see, okay, well, this these two weeks are getting a little bit better. That's great. Or, you know, this month people are more stressed. And then add that other one in, especially if it's something fun and people are engaged with about a retreat and you ask, give me two ideas for food or whatever that might be. So I think I think you keep some for consistency and then add one or two if you're going to be doing something that's going to be action. Great. So let's say that I'm, I'm one over now. I want to do a pulse check with my team. Mm-hmm. How would I go about doing that? I would start with deciding that you're going to do it as a group. And I think that that's, that's kind of the first step to get buy-in right. rather than just sending something out. <laughs> if you uh, send right. out an email, it's like, how are you doing? <laughs> On a scale yeah. of one it's to like, five. Oh, <laughs> you haven't done this in the 17 years I've been working here. I feel a little bit unsure of why I have to fill this out now. So talk about it. I would say the four things to think about in that first conversation. So what's the purpose? Why are we doing this? You get buy-in, but also it helps you get focused. So maybe it's targeted at the retreat idea. Well, let's. I'm going to do a series of these little surveys to see how we're doing, and I'm going to ask some questions about that. Or it's going to be focused on a particular aspect of care delivery that we want to see how it's working over time. So find that purpose, get buy-in that way. Then talk about poll versus survey. So is it going to be inner meetings if we have them? Uh, or is it going to be something that is going to, I'm going to email out to people. Confirm timing. If I ask you three questions every Monday, is that too frequent? Should we do it every other Monday? When should I share it back? If you're leading this, you want to know that. So then you sort of have that rhythm established. And then define the role. Who runs the survey? Who's presenting it back? Maybe that's split between two people. And of course it can rotate. So Sarah, maybe, you know, I'm going to be the person who picks the questions for the next three months and then somebody else can jump in after that. And actually rotating that picking of the questions, that's kind of cool. I like that idea of I'm going to ask three questions and then it's going to go to somebody else who's going to ask three questions. Yeah. And that's a nice way to bring the team members together and it will highlight my personal areas of interest a little bit more than the next team member will put their spin on it as well. And you and Anne made some examples that people can steal when we think about pulse checks. Yeah, so shout out to the ISU and to Anne in particular who helped with this. We've put up some templates inside of Google Forms that people can borrow and steal. They're free. All the links will be down below in the show notes. And then you can just copy them as a template into your own Google Drive and then share them out. These give you a couple example questions. Makes it nice and easy for you to to try them out if you want to do them as a survey. There are also different kind of quick team effectiveness surveys out there that, that can work really well. Those are validated. They're generally longer, at least 10 questions or so, but those can also be useful. So what if you think the team isn't going to do it? Right. So I wouldn't start <laughs> with a long survey. I wouldn't even start with a survey, Sarah. I would do the simplest in-meeting poll that I could have. You know, It could be just one question that you think you're going to get that's meaningful to the group 
that you'll get an act, a answer to that you can then act on. And as a team lead or a manager, if you respond to their answers, you get buy-in for the next question. Right. So if the team's not going to do it, you just ask a question and then you start saying, well, remember how that worked last week? I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you a follow-up question to that. And now I'm going to do it as a quick survey. And then you're off to the races. Don't jump on a big one. I think that, that action piece is particularly important, I would imagine, at the beginning. If you're just starting to implement a team mm. pulse check, like make sure that those first couple questions you ask are things that you actually can act on. I know we said they all should be things you can act on, but yeah. maybe set yourself up with some easy wins in the beginning. On a pulse check, you know, three out of four, three out of five questions should be very tangible action-oriented questions. There may be a couple that are, how are you feeling? Thumbs up, thumbs down you know, smiley face, not smiley face. So those things are also important because then you can get that overall vitals of how the team is doing, but also add in your personal specific questions. So I think that's where you get the buy-in. So I can see how this works really well if you have a team meeting or a staff meeting in person, if people come, but this is a little bit different again in distributed teams. Mm -hmm. If you have a meeting and if people come and you can get kind of thumbs up, thumbs down, but you can't bring in snacks because you're, or maybe you're in person, maybe you're virtual. Um, so mm -hmm. how, how does that work? So you're right. It is, it is definitely harder. It's harder to do for a distributed team, but arguably it's more important because it, it is that way of then developing that sense of team through the actions and responses that we have as a group spoken about something, even if it's distributed through an electronic survey, and now there's a tangible action that, that each of us is feeling the benefit of. So I think that, that it's harder, but it's important. So let's get practical and talk about kind of different kinds of distributed teams like we've set up earlier in this season. So thinking about physically distributed teams first, outreach or, or teams with multiple locations. Yeah, if you have a meeting on Zoom, just start there. Put a little poll in. Low barrier, hands up, hands down. You could do it that way if you wanted to. Just ask a question on whatever platform that you're meeting on. And I think, you know, building momentum by acting on the answer, right? Like we talked about, that would be particularly important, I think, in, in distributed teams. Yeah, always. I mean, especially right now, um, that sense of improvement, making things easier, super important. And I think letting people know before the meeting that this is going to be happening so that they're not going to be surprised, particularly yeah. the first couple of times, right? Before it's a pattern and something that people are used to. Yeah, I like that idea too of telegraphing that something's going to happen. It's not a surprise, but then it also gives it a little bit of gravitas. It makes it a little bit more, not just like, hey, I'm asking a question, but now this, this is a thing now. That's a good way to go. You know, another thought that I haven't said is you can mix and match what you do. So you could start with a poll in the Zoom meeting, do that intro like you just suggested, and then shift it to a survey. Maybe shift it to a survey for the people who weren't there or shift it to a survey for the next round of questions. Right. So really building in those opportunities to try to reach out to everyone in the team and, and thinking about if you did a an in-meeting kind of poll or had people raise their hands, then you could just you know text out a question after after the meeting to be like, right. we asked this, what do you think? It wouldn't have to be anonymous if it wasn't anonymous the first time around. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be that, but it could be as simple as, yeah, I'm going to send a text message, you know, sorry, we missed you today at the team meeting. I asked this important question and I wanted to get your answer before we acted on the results. Oh, okay. I, I feel important and I want to respond to that. Right. So what about part-time teams that don't really have any kind of frequent meetings? Without a frequent meeting, ideally you have that kickoff that we talked about earlier, but surveys are really the way to go if there's not that regular check-in. And with that, you got to make sure you include everybody from every day of the week and then keep it casual, keep it quick. 
if you have to start with a survey, you might try not using something like Google Forms to start with, just a question in email or a text. And then once you build that momentum, shift it to something that you can track a little easier. And now what about all the clinical teams we work with more right now that are in kind of networks and, and hub clinics? So if you're in a primary care clinic trying to start a pulse check and you don't know who to send it to in the hub or in the primary care network clinic, that's the first step. And maybe that's the first survey. Isn't that a sign that you're probably not a team if you don't know sort of which physio or, or which person you should be reaching out to include? Yeah, it is, isn't it? But but maybe that's that's how you start, right? You say, we're really wanting to get a sense of who's on our team and who, who feels like you're connected to our clinic, our team. And then that's where I would start. And then maybe the, the, the follow-up to those people who said, yeah, I, I think I am, is then how do you want to feel connected as a team? So you start to build that. So it's all about the connection first. If you don't, if you don't know who it is, then that's where you got You got to start there. Okay, Morgan. So taking the pulse of this, uh, I can yeah. feel like we're kind of coming to the end of the episode. Yeah, and this is probably a good place to wrap up. So for takeaways, if you do want to do a pulse check in your team, we'll have a lot more information in the show notes with some ideas for single question pulse checks and links to more general information as well. There's a lot of great resources out there. We have a few example Google surveys using the Google form as templates that you can just copy and use for yourself as well. Feel free to change them to meet your needs, of course. Or, you know, steal the questions for an in-meeting Zoom poll to get started. Yeah, and then if you have other ideas, I mean, I'm super curious about this. So if you have other ideas about pulse check questions, send them to us by email. We're always interested in feedback. Uh, it's isu at familymed.ubc.ca. So I have to admit you've won me over, even though it's a survey. And, you know, for other people, if this episode was helpful, please share it with somebody that you think might be interested in doing a uh, primary care pulse check with their team. And we'll see you in the next episode of Team Up. Thanks, everybody. See you next time.